to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am your host, Rachel Ari Harris. Um, Shout out to all you beautiful people who have been on this wonderful journey with me. If you are new around here, welcome. We have a pretty warm community of amazing dog guardians. So if you have questions, you need feedback, check out the Facebook group. Um, Definitely follow me on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO. There's some really awesome stuff happening on the Instagrams. um, And there's just an amazing community community of dog guardians that we can connect you with. So I am so glad that you are all here. I'm glad you are listening. Um, I am coming live to you from our mountain cabin. It is a beautiful sunshiny day. It is spring so all of the snow is starting to melt and it's very muddy and the dogs are just loving their lives. So I hope that you guys are enjoying the season change wherever you are. So guys, today in today's episode, I want to talk about our dog's natural instincts um, because I find that this is the biggest challenge because we want to work against our dog's natural instincts and then it just creates this whole circle of frustration for everyone concerned so natural instincts are those things that are hardwired right that our dogs are just genetically pre-programmed with so this is obviously going to be specific to every individual dog um, whether they're a mixed uh, mixed breed or a purebred right so our dog's natural instincts are going to be you know specific to them but it's really important that we honor those, right? And we really try to recognize our dog's natural instincts. Instead of working against them, we try and find creative solutions for them to engage in those natural instincts in safe environments. So guys, if you can hear a snoring dog next to me, that's because there is a dog snoring next to me. (laughs) I do my best to keep the sound good, but sometimes, you know, the dogs just want to make an appearance. Okay, so Really, the motivation for this podcast episode today is that um, on Instagram, there are a lot of um, balanced trainers, trainers who use harsh training techniques that I would never use. And what I see a lot is that they punish dogs for natural instincts and just punish and punish and punish and punish until the dog just completely shuts down and stops like doing anything. And then the trainer says that they are fixed. And it's just, it's so unethical, right, to punish a dog for something that we literally bred them for, right? Like, so... um I, you know, I just, I want you guys to know that it's it's never excusable to punish a dog for something that they came pre-programmed with, okay? So um, no matter what is happening, right, your dog is never trying to dominate you. Your dog is just operating by what works for them, right? So I just, I see this terrible advice in these horrible frameworks where trainers are like, the dog is trying to dominate you. Meanwhile, you know, you have a bird dog who's like really interested in a bird and it's like, 
It's not about dominance at all. It's about instinct, right? We have a bird dog that we genetically selected to be good at watching birds, chasing birds, hunting birds. And then, you know, in a non-hunting setting and just a pet a pet situation, we get really upset at the bird dog for doing bird dog things, right? So I just want you guys to know that if a trainer tells you that you need to be punishing your dog for something that is just instinctual, please find a new trainer. Okay, I would be happy to work with you. <laughs> okay, so there is a book out. It is called Meet Your Dog by Kim Brophy. Please, everyone listening, I need you all to buy this book. I need you to read it. I need you to take it to heart and I need you to share it with the world. So something that Kim talks about in the book, right, is a lot of history and understanding about the different breed types and the different breed groups. Something that Kim does that is very unique is that she does not follow the grouping that like the AKC or the CKC follow right? She really categorizes them um, from a more evolutionary standpoint. And it was such a good read. Every every chapter, I could just like envision in my mind, like dogs that I had worked with and those natural instincts and seeing those come out. So please, like it will literally change so many things that you think about your dog. And I really think that it will make life so much easier. So for those of you who have been on this this wild ride with me for a while, um, you all know the saga of Waylon and chasing animals in the woods, right? And this is something that chasing is a natural instinct. Waylon is an American Staffordshire Terrier. So in Kim Brophy's book, she categorizes um, Amstaffs under like the bulldog group. And something that I found so interesting in the book is that she talked about how, you know, the bulldogs, like the original bulldogs, were bred for going full throttle to literally fight bears and other dogs and do like crazy shit, you guys, right? Like, but the rest of the time, the people wanted the dog just to be social and hang out, right? And it's so evident in so many of the the bulldog type dogs that I have worked with. And like, seriously, that could not explain Waylon more to a T than anything. Um, she has this quote in the book that, you know, that they're basically an anomaly, right? Like a dog who can be a total psycho and also a couch potato, like all at the same time. So I know those of you listening who have blocky headed dogs can probably relate to me on this, but the point I'm trying to make here is that Waylon is the easiest house dog I have ever owned, right? Like in the house, he's a dream. He sleeps, he meanders around, and that's like that off switch that he was genetically predisposed to, right? To be able to be crazy in certain situations, but by and large, just be chill the rest of the time. And that's the vast majority of our life. But when we're out in the woods and he sees deer and he gets so freaking excited, his body just fills with adrenaline, right? Like if I could see his pupils, I'm sure they would be completely dilated. And when that is happening, right, I really have to recognize that that is probably going to override some of the training. And for those of you who have been listening to the podcast, you know that those instincts have overridden training on many occasions, right? Because Waylon has chased deer in the woods on many occasions. So for me, right, what I really had to work hard to do is one, manage the environment, right? So 
using the long leash and making sure that he couldn't engage in the chasing behavior. And then something I really started to do and really started to celebrate was letting him track the deer, right? So sniffing and tracking where the deer was. So that is an instinct, right? That I'm trying to allow him to engage in, in place of the chasing. Um, So for obvious reasons, chasing deer can be dangerous, right? We don't want to harass wildlife. Um, Although, you know, sometimes dogs chase things and that just is what it is but I'm doing my best to mitigate that so what we've really been focusing on is allowing him to engage in that tracking right so a lot of that tracking takes place on a long leash just as a safety net Um, but over the last couple of months we've had some really huge successes where we have encountered deer Waylon has filled with adrenaline and instead of chasing the deer directly he's really just been engaging in more of like the tracking and sniffing where the deer were and guys like this is not a perfect science right like this is going to take time and lots more practice but I've definitely noticed that the more I allow him to engage in that tracking behavior when we actually face the deer in the woods the likelihood of him chasing them is just so significantly lower because he's just engaging in that sniffing and that tracking and then you know the recall that I have been um, depositing reinforcement into for the past four years has really just been shining through. It is quite incredible to see the progress. Um, I really never thought that there was a time where I could call Waylon off of a deer. Um, and I have called him off of many deer recently. Um, if you follow us on Instagram, I did a story a couple weeks ago. Um, we were out just in a field by our house and Waylon was engaging in chasing a bunny, which honestly I let him do because bunnies are pretty savvy and they can get away from him and there's no major danger um but he was chasing a bunny and I called him and he literally stopped mid chase to come back to me right so if you are struggling with your dog's recall please know that the secret to getting a good recall is understanding your dog's natural instincts and trying to allow as many appropriate Um, outlets for those natural instincts as you possibly can right and then you know in the book uh, meet your dog right by Kim Brophy again y'all please buy it read it internalize it it's gonna make your life so much easier Um, one of the other chapters that really stood out to me was um, the Mastiff chapter so obviously it wasn't the Mastiff chapter I'm forgetting what um, she categorized Mastiffs under but anyways you'll figure it out in the book but something that she talked about with Mastiffs right is that they're very prone to territorial behavior again you guys natural instincts we genetically selected them to guard things right and obviously in like you know the pet dog situation your big Mastiff like playing guard dog when your friends come over not super ideal so she had some really creative suggestions to make sure that you can manage those natural instincts and help your dog understand when they need to engage in those natural instincts and when they don't. Something I found really interesting in the book is she talked a lot about um, leadership and, and, you know, that's kind of been a dirty word in the positive reinforcement dog training community because so many people misconstrue leadership and use it as an excuse to abuse dogs in the name of training. Kim obviously did not do this in this book, but something she mentioned right with mastiff type dogs in particular was that um, you had to be a strong leader meaning you needed to be confident in helping your dog understand when they needed to be on duty and when they didn't Um, so that's something that I don't think that we talk about a lot like in the the positive reinforcement community is like you know being a confident leader I mean I guess maybe we talk about that but um 
you know, I, I just read it in a new light. And again, that's something that if you have a Mastiff type dog, that's going to be really applicable to you, right? Just playing to their natural instincts. So guys, I guess the point I'm trying to make in this, this ramble of an episode is that if you have a dog and you're struggling with chasing, you're struggling with reactivity, you're, you're, you're struggling with barking, um, I really want to encourage you to go and read up and learn a little bit more about your dog, the breed of dog you have, the mix of dog you have, and really try to immerse yourself in the understanding of like what their genetic makeup is and how that drives a lot of their behavior. Because if you can understand that, then we can get to these creative solutions where we can set up situations to exploit um, what we want from the dog by using their natural instincts. So let me explain that just a little bit more. So um, I want Waylon to not chase deer. That's what I want, right? I want to be in the woods. He's off leash. He sees the deer. He doesn't chase it. That is the ultimate goal. Waylon also likes to sniff. So what I've done is I've really kind of exploited the sniffing and really encouraged that. And like anytime he wants to track, I, I go with him. I let him do it. We kind of do it as a team. And by exploiting that, that has worked beautifully to prevent the chasing that I don't want, right? And again, you guys, it's not a perfect system. I'm not saying that Waylon is never going to chase deer again, right? Because <laughs> I I can't promise that, but it has been really encouraging to see the measurable progress in his behavior. So I know that not everyone cares about having their dogs off leash in the woods, but think about other real life situations, right? So I have a lot of clients who have herding dogs, right? So we're talking Border Collies, Aussies, Shelties, and something that they all really struggle with is chasing, right? Like car chasing, barking at people walking by. And again, they're pre genetically predisposed to really pay attention, keenly pay attention to things in their environment that are moving, and then in turn make those things move in a direction, right? Like there you go, herding dogs in a nutshell. And I think that something that we really have to work on with these dogs who want to chase is understanding that we need to build in appropriate outlets for them to do a lot of chasing and then teach them really nice alternate behaviors to the car chasing, which is obviously dangerous, <laughs> right? So, um, Again, guys, you really just have to look at your individual dog and understand their natural instincts, right? And see how we can't just leverage, I guess leverage is a better word than exploit, but leverage um, what we want from our dogs by tapping into their natural instincts. Um, something else that I think is a natural instinct that a lot of people just want nothing to do with and it, it causes people a lot of stress is, is resource guarding and biting. And, you know, not that I want humans to get bit, but biting is the dog's literal last resort, right? Like that's really their only mode of self-defense is biting. And I have worked with hundreds of dogs over the years who have bit other dogs, who have bit people. And I got to be honest, most of those cases, in my opinion, were explainable bites. Situations where the dog was provoked, the dog was trigger stacked, the dog was put in situations that he was absolutely going to fail in. And that is a natural instinct to bite things, you guys. And we really have to honor that it's our our dogs really are their only coping mechanism, right? When they're really feeling threatened and... 
it, it's such a hard conversation to have with clients, right? Is that like, you know, they're feeling so traumatized because they feel like their dog is this risk to society. But we explain like the breakdown of your dog was trigger stacked. Your dog felt like they had no other way out. And that is what led to the bite, right? And I think that there's this huge stigma and there's so much drama with like, you know, um, people filing, um, cases against each other and it going into legal court and dealing with animal control with the animal bites. But guys, biting is a natural thing for a dog. It is natural for a dog to bite something if, you, if it feels threatened. And same thing with resource guarding, right? And there are a lot of breeds who are much more likely to resource guard. Again, I, I cannot recommend Meet Your Dog by Kim Brof Brophy any more highly. Please get it. She goes into much more detail about this. But resource guarding is another natural instinct, right? This is mine. You cannot have it. And this is something that I see get punished all of the time and it just makes things worse. So if you are listening right now and you have a dog who restarts resource guards to the extent that they will resort to biting you or another animal, um, it's really important that you meet with a qualified positive reinforcement trainer who can help create a behavior mod modification protocol. I will be honest, some of that is just management, but we can modify behavior and help our dogs understand that they don't have to resource guard, right? That we're going to honor and recognize that the thing is theirs and they don't have to share if they don't want to. But please, if your dog is resource guarding, do not take things from the dog. Do not reach in. Um, there's this horrible myth that if your dog is eating and you put your hand in the food bowl, that helps decrease uh, resource guarding. It does not. And that puts your hand in danger. So please don't do that. But again, right? Resource guarding is another natural instinct that I see punished all of the time. And to me, you guys, like that's so inhumane. We cannot punish things that are genetically hardwired. What we can do is modify environments and help our dogs feel safe so they don't feel like they need to level, uh, excuse me, escalate to the level of like intense resource guarding where they're going to bite or cause harm to someone. So, you know, obviously there are a lot of natural instincts and I, and I can't cover all of those in this episode, but I think it's really important to understand your individual dog, know their breeds, know their mix, do some research, right? Do some Googling, understand some of their natural instincts and really try to think outside of the box and think of some creative ways that you can allow them to engage in those natural instincts so that their life is satisfied. You're satisfied. The dog isn't in harm's way, but I think we also just have to celebrate some of those natural instincts, right? I was I was mentioning earlier that Waylon chases bunnies and I just let him chase bunnies. Um, where we go, it is safe. There are no roads. The bunnies have lots of options for getting away. Um, so it's not like Waylon is, is catching the bunny or anything like that. I know that there's probably some people listening thinking like, why can he chase bunnies? But he can't chase deer. But he can, right? I just let him chase bunnies. It's something that's natural. Something that I encourage a lot of my clients to do is really tap into those natural instincts and use it as a reward for something that we want. So I, I did an episode called the Eat Your Vegetables of Dog Training. It was a super early episode, maybe like episode 20. I can't remember um, which one, but we'll link that up in the show notes. But we talk about using their natural instincts as a reinforcement for behavior that we want, right? So an example of that, right, is before I let Waylon run and chase bunnies, I ask him to walk with me, pay attention to me, maintain a loose leash. I ask him to sit, I unleash him, and then I release him to go and chase bunnies. So I've used chasing bunnies as the reinforcement for paying beautiful attention to me. And 
I think that it's hard to wrap our minds around in the beginning, but once you start to see it work in real time, right, where, you know, oftentimes when I release Waylon to go and chase bunnies, he'll chase a bunny and then super quickly be like right back to me. Like, hey, mom, what are we doing here? Right. When before, you know, like in his early days, I felt like there was this horrible power struggle where like all he cared about bunnies, but we've really kind of worked as a team and like now I'm the cool mom, right, because I let him chase bunnies. So um, obviously, you know, you can't recreate that with everything but I do find that like bunnies and squirrels are a little bit easier just because like they go up trees and they go in holes right the deer who run for like miles and miles not as applicable in my opinion but anyways you guys so just to recap meet your dog by Kim Brophy please give it a um, give it a read I think you'll really like it Um, share what you found really useful and please remember you guys punishing natural instincts is not the thing to do, right? We don't have to punish natural instincts. We can just utilize those natural instincts to get what we desire from our dogs, right? Which is, you know, trust communication so that we can get out and live our best lives. You guys, um, Disorderly Dogs kind of got a facelift. We have a new website, so you can check that out, disorderlydogs.com. All of the show notes, all of the episodes are located there. Um, We have also created a form so that you can submit topic ideas So you can just go to the website and you can scroll down and you can um, submit a podcast topic that you would like me to talk about. Um, I am really, really looking forward to the next episode and I hope that you all have a beautiful weekend. Smooch those puppies for me. All right, you guys, you know how much I love VetCS CBD products for my dogs. Great news. They make CBD products for humans. I got the orange flavored uh, dropper and I put it in my Lady Grey lattes and it is so freaking delightful. So you can get CBD for your dog. You can get CBD for you. Check out VetCS.com and you can use code DisorderlyDogs for 10% off your purchase. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.